The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Striving for status and position. We all want to be celebrities rather than servants. Even, even the disciples of Jesus were not exempt from this kind of thinking. Here we see the disciples arguing who among them will be the greatest in the kingdom. Pride seems to be the cause of this kind of thinking. Thinking of ourselves more important than we really are and wanting to be greater than everybody else. So Jesus takes this opportunity to teach his disciples about humility. He tells them apart from humility, you will not even enter into the kingdom of God. So he takes a little child as an example and says greatness is found here in this humble little child. Real greatness is not found in being served by others and being praised by others, but in seeking to serve others, especially the poor and the downtrodden. We see that the mark of Christ was humility. The word says that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. So as his followers, Jesus expects us to say, have the same attitude. So this morning, I want to talk about humility in entering into the kingdom of God and humility in living in the kingdom of God. Because in the Gospels, we see Everywhere that Jesus went, every conversation that he had, he was inviting people into his kingdom. Remember the woman at the well? Remember, Nicod uh, remember Zacchaeus who was up on a tree? And uh, Nicodemus who came to the Lord in the night? And even the, even the thief who hung beside him on the cross? Jesus was inviting people into his kingdom. And this morning, the invitation goes out to you, to every one of us. He's inviting us into his kingdom. And if you hear my voice this morning, as an ambassador for Christ, I plead with you to put your trust in Jesus and step in to his righteous kingdom. So let's look at humility in entering into the kingdom of God. We enter into the kingdom of God by believing and by receiving. It's such a simple thing to do. In 1 John, in, in, sorry, in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So we're going to look at humility in believing, and we look at whom do we believe in, and what do we believe in. We believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We believe that Jesus was both God and man. We believe in his identity and in his nature. In John chapter 1 verses 1 to 4, the word tells us, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. As, as the word, it's referring to Jesus. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. 
the Bible is very clear that Jesus is God. Jesus is also human. In the same chapter, verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have, be, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Bible tells us that Jesus is also God, also human. Jesus asked his disciples, whom do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And what did Jesus tell Peter? Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father in heaven. I think what he meant was, it's not your intellect that made you come to this decision. It's not because you were smart, you didn't figure things out. But God in his spirit revealed it to your spirit. It is said of Thomas Jefferson, who was the third president of the US. He was seated in the White House with a New Testament and a razor blade. And he was going through the scriptures, the New Testament, and he was cutting out portions which mentioned Jesus' divinity. And he was cutting out portions which mentioned all the miracles that Jesus did. Apparently, Thomas Jefferson was a brilliant man, a rationalist, and a philosopher, but he didn't have the humility to believe what the scriptures said. So what do we believe in? We believe in the message of the gospel, on the finished work of Christ on the cross. We believe that Jesus lived a perfect life that we couldn't live and died in place of us for the forgiveness of our sins. In 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, 1 to 4, it says, Now, my brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have now taken a stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Unfortunately, the gospel seems to be very offensive to a lot of people. If you preach the gospel today, and I have shared the gospel with many at work, they're very offensive, dismissive, and they even mock you for preaching the gospel, for saying that some person who lived 2,000 years ago died for your sins, and you still believe that. But I believe they are hostile because there is an enemy of God called Satan who is real. Who is real. And he has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers, and he puts hatred in them towards God. We need to be humble in believing this gospel. And if we think we are too wise, and people think they are too wise and too educated, I work for a university, and they all have people with master's degrees and PhDs, but they don't believe in Christ. 
and I'll tell you what the scripture says. And I, can't, I cannot explain this any better. The scriptures are so clear, I need to read that. In the book of Corinthians, Paul's, Paul writes, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. It is said that Jews look for miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. You know, who believes this um, this gospel, we have to be like little children. We have to be humble like little children to take hold of what God has done for us. So it's not only enough to believe, but we also need to receive Christ into our hearts. And what does that mean? That means we, we repent of our sins. We identify that we have fallen short of God's demands, of God's glory. And we we repent, we say, Lord, we are sorry, and we turn our lives around to obey him and to follow him. Remember the um, wedding, or the, 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 the parable that Jesus said about the a wedding feast? Um, it says, Jesus said the story where um, this master invites people, all his friends and the village, the whole village, uh, to come for this wedding feast. And then we see that each one giving their excuses. One says, oh, I've just bought a field and I need to go and see it. Another says, I've bought um, five oxen and I need to go and, uh, and try it out. And another person says, I've just married a wife and I cannot leave her. So they all give excuses and, and they're refusing to come to this banquet where this master has invited them. And sometimes we are like that. We are very much like that. We go about our life doing lesser important things. We are stuck. Uh, we are um, um, stuck with our careers. We want to go up the ladder, and um, we do other things. We have families. We have uh, sports. We have so many other things, and the Holy Spirit of God is inviting us still. He's always speaking to people. He's always wanting them to come into His kingdom and receive um, His kingdom. But we are like these people giving excuses and not receiving what he has. You know who is really good at uh, receiving a gift? Little children. So the other day my wife gave uh, little Sophia, you guys know even, you may not know their parents, they play, Jeff and Sarah play on the band and they do many things, but Sophia is more, uh, more known in the church. Uh, <laughs> she's four years old. And so my wife um, gave her a, a, a picture of um, a Frozen 2 characters. And you should just see 
the reaction on her face. Thank you, Auntie Christine. And she'll give Christine a big hug. Of course, I get my cuddles every week, presents or no presents. Uh, and then she'll go to, uh, uh, to, to Sarah and say, Mom, look what I got. So children know how to receive a gift. They never refuse it. And that's why Jesus says we need to be like little children. We need to be humble in receiving. You know, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, Father of heavenly lights. If little children know how to receive good gifts, why do we, we fail to see that a good God, we just sang a good, good Father. Why do we fail to see and to receive a gift from a good Father? Because, you know, church, when we receive Christ, we become born again. We are made new. We become a new creation. We are forgiven and we stand righteous in God's eyes. Our sins are washed away. We get healed. We get restored physically, spiritually, emotionally. We get restored and we are given a new life. And God gives us a new purpose in life when we receive him. Mostly, we gain a relationship with God and we get eternal life. Humility in living in the kingdom of God. It's the same as humility in, in serving. You know, once we enter the kingdom of God, God expects us to serve, serve in the kingdom. It's really not optional. Remember the parable of the uh, talents? So it says the master was going away on a long journey and he called three of his servants and he gave one five talents, one three and another one one. And he said invest in it. You see, church, God has invested in each and every one of us. And he expects us to be faithful and responsible in light of the opportunities and the talents that has been given to us to serve him. If you read Ephesians chapter 4 and, and Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I won't go into that. They're long chapters and, and you should go home and read them. It talks about the various spiritual and natural gifts that God has given us. And they are given to us they are given to us to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. My wife and I have served at PCC for maybe roughly 17 years along with many of you, my precious, precious brothers and sisters. We have served alongside for a long time. I... I'm so tempted to mention names. I can see your faces, but I won't because I have to mention half the church and I don't have that much of time. Pastor Hillary is watching the clock. Um, but what I've discovered is, yeah, and, and, and uh, I really want to thank each one of my brothers and sisters and I've seen throughout the years 
we have vacuumed this hall, we have cleaned those toilets, we have mowed the lawns, we have set up the stage, we have prepared communion, uh, the list goes on. Um, but if you, uh, what I really want to say is that if you serve in, in a church for this long and you still love the church and you still maintain every relationship, that means God has taught you humility. I'm almost like Moses saying, Moses said that there was no one more humble than Moses found in the land. So I'm not saying I'm that humble. But compared to 17 years ago to now, I am humbler. And it will probably take another 17 years to humble me a little more. Because we are all different, we come from different countries, we have different personalities, we have different opinions, and sometimes we offend people, so I have offended so, so many of you, and some of you have offended me. <laughs> He'll be in the next service, I'll have to pick on him. <laughs> I pick on people when I'm up here, because they pick on me when I'm down there. But through all that, God teaches you humility. Through all that, God teaches you humility. And you, you learn to forgive, and you learn to go and ask for forgiveness. Through that, God teaches you to become humble. Because real greatness is not found in being served by others or being praised by others, but in serving others, especially the downtrodden and the poor. So my brothers and sisters, I, if you want to be humble, if you want to be like a little child, I encourage you to serve at PCC. You only have to ask Dash and she has a whole list of things that we can do. You will persist through hurt, you will persist through discouragement, and you will persist through offense. But when you come out on the other side, when you come out on the other side, you will be great in God's eyes. Not so much in man's eyes, but great in God's eyes, for sure. In case I make uh, the church look like an awful place, the flip side is true as well. When you serve here, you're much loved. You're much accepted. You're so much encouraged and so much blessed by the brothers and sisters. I see your faces. And when I was practicing this at home, I was actually weeping. And I prayed to God, Lord, don't let me cry here. So I'm strong. <laughs> so as I conclude, Jesus wants to be like that little child. The child came when Jesus called him. And he stayed where Jesus placed him. So if you hear your voice today, Jesus wants you to respond to his call. And he wants you to stay where God has placed you, where he has placed you. Trusting him, looking up to him, obeying him, worshipping him, adoring him, and enjoying him. That's what God wants you to do. There's a beautiful 
story in Luke chapter 12 verse 37. It says, it will be good for those servants whose masters find them, master finds them watching when he comes. I truly tell you, he will dress himself for service and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Imagine, imagine Jesus coming and waiting on us. Oh, I better be serving him now. So finally, let our attitudes be like of Jesus. You know how I was thinking on practically how we can be humble. But I've only come up with this. We just look at Jesus and imitate him. It says our attitude should be that of Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but became nothing, taking on a form of a servant. And being found in a human form, he humbled himself. He humbled himself even unto death. So that God his Father raised him and gave him a name that is above every other name. That every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of the Father. Praise be to God. So I just want to take this moment um, to invite those who want to give your lives to Christ. If the Lord, the Holy Spirit has spoken to your hearts, whether it's the first time or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, I want you to consider that invitation. So I'm going to pray and dismiss the service. We have finished a little early. If the, if the band wants to sing one more song, you can come and sing. But after that, I'm going to pray and dismiss, and the rest of you can go down for coffee. But um, if the Lord spoke to you this morning, I want you to come up. And the pastors are here, and we will pray for you. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.